welcome to the Nostalgia Road Trip Podcast, where we take the short bus of life and crash it into that wormhole we call pop culture. This is the podcast, the only podcast running on the Super FX chip and coated in blast processing. I'm your host, Edgar Velasco, and with me now is my hetero life mate that definitely reserves the E-Tanks for his own sobriety, Mr. Robert Menes. How are you, Chief? Get equipped with pro-life. Hey, Chief, uh, E3, San Diego Comic-Con, and all that fucking nerdy shit just fucking passed by us these last couple of weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's funny to know that during these things, you know, via the E3 announcements that happened not too long ago, and then the fucking, you know, San Diego Comic-Con trailers and whatnot, it's mm-hmm. fun to know that the nerd culture is as toxic as ever. In Which fact, is why I'm gonna sit the hell back and just watch it all pass, and I'm gonna just slowly drink my tea. It, it's ridiculous because, like, fucking, I think, mm-hmm. I think the uh, after you know, like E3 and whatnot, the first thing people started bitching about wasn't game related. It was the whole fact of the whole the the new Shira uh fucking relaunch from Netflix. Oh yeah, the new the new series. I'm like, okay, I mean, like the first time I saw the the new redesign of her, I thought for a second she looked kind of like an elf, like kind of like an elvish looking design. But then I kind of think about it, and I'm like, that's not so bad actually. No, and then when the actual series character designer and Netflix themselves mm-hmm. started showing more production and character designs, so like, okay, yeah. it looks great. And yeah, because, like, you know, the reason why I said, like, she looks kind of Elvis is because, like, you know, like, the long flowing hair like that. She's kind of, like, tall, kind of, like, thin features and all that. It looks like the typical, like, fantasy elf. But I'm like, it's cool. No, no, but I mean in terms of, like, the toxic fandom where people saying, oh, SJW, like, oh, my gosh, she looks like a boy. and Like, uh, yeah, she has, like, a slightly androgynous character or whatever. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, then you are the people who, the only reason why you watch the 85 series is because you just wanted to look at cartoon boobies all day. And it's funny because when you think about that, like, the cartoon itself, like, I think someone posted this this particular tweet, and I actually do pay attention to it, that during the time when She-Ra aired, again, it wasn't that much of a ratings blockbuster because, again, it was aimed towards girls. So the people yeah. who bashed it in the 1980s when it first debuted, like, oh, my God, this is for girls. I don't like it, are literally the same people who are saying, oh, my God, my childhood is being raped. Like, motherfucker, you didn't support the original version. You thought it was fucking girly. And then when someone decides to take another jab at it and maybe do a redesign and whatever... You automatically start bashing again, motherfucker. You didn't, you didn't support the original version. Why do you think? Why are you so attached to a version you never had any, you know, attachment to when it originally aired? To bitch yeah. about their new current version, and it's true. Like a good chunk of the, these assholes who are fucking bitching about the fucking new, uh, fucking Shira design are the same people who said, "Oh, Shira's for girls. I'm not watching that shit." During its, mm-hmm. was it 1986, 1987 fucking run? So, yeah. like. Why are you suddenly fucking attaching yourself to something you never were attached for and also, like, defending it like it's the fucking highest mortal grounds you've ever stood on? Like, dude, get off the fucking hill. You never supported the original version. Why yeah, you- exactly. You know, oh, no, what's the excuses that they come up with? Oh, but my sister used to watch it. Oh, my little cousin. I was like, bitch, that ain't no excuse. Not to mention, again, it was aimed towards girls. You know, boys didn't need to watch it. And like, again, just like this new version, you don't need to watch it if you don't like it. But not, but the fact that, again, I, I, how many times have we already discussed about this fucking toxic fandom? Uh, yeah. This would I, mean, like, I, I mean, like, I'm going to also like go out really quickly and see, like, I did watch the original one mm-hmm. because 
it's still part of the Eternia mythos. It's still part of the Eternia saga. So guess what? They're tied. They're part of the bigger picture. And I like the fact, too, that even in 2002 He-Man, guess who was going to be the big bad if they actually continue the series? Fucking Hordak. Hordak. And then guess what? You might do a spinoff. Hey, guess who shows up in the season finale? Oh, shit. I have a twin brother. You know, like... For me, like, oh, you know, watching, seeing more of the character designs and all that stuff, like, I originally, I, I used to watch the original She-Ra, mostly because, again, He-Man used to guest star occasionally, and I saw the magic of the sword uh, in theaters. The although, Secret of the Sword, yeah. Secret of the Sword, I saw that shit in fucking theaters. I didn't see the whole thing. I think I, seen, I saw, like, half of it before it was playing before another movie that my mom was taking me to, but I fucking saw that shit. And I remember watching that movie and like, hey, I enjoyed it. And again, I I watched it recently and I even liked the music video, even though it has, and heck, the He-Man, She-Ra special and all that other shit. Like, I still watched it. Yeah, it was aimed towards girls and whatever, but I still watched it. Yeah, it's like, you know, the He-Man, She-Ra special was a little cheesy at times, but it's like, it was still a fun watch. (laughs) Border, you know, borderline on fucking incest at some times. But even the fucking, uh, uh, the power of love, whatever, the the power of the sword, the actual song in the music video itself has a little bits of, like, almost incest. But that's another thing aside the favor. I know, it was a little bit weird at times. I wonder, like, what the hell are you writers thinking? But I was like, you know what? Okay. All you got to say is it, it was acceptable in the 80s along the lines of also cocaine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but in another one, though, that is uh, coming out. Oh, our favorite Blue Bomber. Another one. Oh, you know, another thing, um, you know, it, it's back to the, the fucking Shira shit. It's weird to know that people automatically just start attacking the artists and the whatever. Like, you know, at, you know, I was one of those people that hated fucking Teen Titans Go. I, yeah, I won't watch it. I won't watch it. But I'm not going to automatically start hating it and not bashing the people creative, you know, the creative artists and the writers. Because, hey, guess what? That's their job. I'm not going to automatically, you know, start an all-out fucking assault uh, attacking their personal lives or fucking filling up their Twitter feed or whatever. Just saying how much I hate the thing. Like, look, I don't like Teen Titans Go. Some people love it. Guess what? It yeah. isn't my thing. I don't watch it. Pure and simple. Exactly. I'm not going to automatically waste the fucking uh, the, the free time I have from work and all the fucking drama I go through in my personal life just to make someone else's fucking even worse to have them to the point that they have to regret their jobs or hate themselves because of what they do. Like, in the end of the day, hey, work is work. We all need to pay bills. We all need to support our families. We all need mm-hmm. to support our asses. Hey, and those yeah, people, we want to we still express ourselves, too, in our art. Yeah, and again, whether they're getting paid for to write a dumbed-down thing, again, it's not their saying. It's the corporations mm-hmm. are telling them, hey, you need to do it like this, and you need to write it this yeah, way. Yeah, so sell toys and whatever. But you know what? At the end of the day, that, that that's someone's job. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not going to you know go to fucking, you know, the, the, go to Twitter and fucking write an angry 240-whatever letter word on bashing Netflix and fucking DreamWorks for fucking She-Ra. Similar, like, I'm not going to end up, ba- you know, overflowing, like, my fucking hate mail account, whatever, you know, uh, just filling letters of negativity for the people behind Teen Titans Go. It is what it is. Guess what? If I don't like it, I don't watch it. Simple as that. Yeah, exactly. You can always change the channel. Exactly. I mean, you should see that. You should see the fucking toxicity that people are giving the new Ducktales because oh my god, this isn't my 1980s show or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? They're calling from the comics, and now I just saw fucking Don Carnage, that that magnificent bastard of a pirate from Tailspin, is going to be in the seasons. 
You say Don. Like, Holy shit! That means that Baloo and Kit might not be too far behind. You say Don Carnage. I pronounce it the way he does it. Don Carnage. Don Carnage. Okay, we should do it properly. <laughs> but you know the one thing I did like though. What? The final reveal when you see Magica's zombified corpse come back. Exactly. I'm like, holy shit, they took a dark turn. But then again, they also took a dark turn when they, the fucking season finale of the first season said, hey, we're going to probably talk about their fuck. No, the first episode fucking said, hey, you know what? We're going to actually explore their fucking mother, fucking Huey Louie yeah, Dewey's mother. Yeah, their family life. You know, and whatever. But again, the thing about that, and th this will go into the other segment after this, but it's weird to know that people are bashing something. Yeah, they're, sometimes they're connected to it. Sometimes they're not, maybe in passing. But still, hey, mm -hmm. guess what? It's for another generation. It's not for you. You're in your mid-40s. You're not a kid. So the, the kids these days are different. They might like in-jokes and fart jokes and whatnot. Hey, that's not, it is what it is. The only people mm -hmm. suffering are the parents who got to drag their kids to these things. But aside from yeah, that... or buy them the DVDs or the Blu-rays or whatever. But, you know, in all sincere honesty, the new DuckTales, I do like it. You know, it like I said, it comes from the Carl Fox comics a lot and the Don Rosa comics. You know, it keeps a lot of the good characterization, a lot of the good characterization, but also builds upon it. And they're doing some stories that are a little bit darker than the originals even were. Yeah, and again, it, it's a different time and it's a different type of audience. You know, yes, it's, it's kids, but kids, you know, their tolerance and also just their, their their attention span is probably much shorter than us. Again, they have a bazillion channels at their disposal via digital or on cable. While we yeah. we were like, we what, what? We had like what? Maybe like six. If you were lucky, you had cable TV. But even when you weren't lucky, you fucking had just fucking, you know, like five, six channels only in the main channels. That's it. So yeah. like yeah yeah you had two sets of channels VHF and UHF yeah and and you only had like what for us it was CBS NBC uh fucking ABC Fox and no Fox even then Fox is still kind of was still kind of regular like Fox didn't really even take off until maybe like the early mid 80s and even then yeah. it was still considered new I mean even mm -hmm. uh, fucking UPN 9 or WORS 9 was limited yeah, that to that was more of a local channel for us yeah for me, it was almost like it was syndication before mm -hmm. it became UPN. And, and then again, we had Channel 11. And again, we had public access, you know, CBS, TBS, Channel 21, mm -hmm. Channel 25, even... Yeah, w, uh, yeah what was it? LIW, I think? Yeah, and even Channel 55, which would rerun stuff that happened on Channel 11 or other networks. Um, yep. But even then, it's like... Okay, that's fine. You know, our attention span and our, you know, limits of what was available, that was because, you know, at the time. Now there's a lot, so their attention span is even shorter. So you got to do quick jokes, quick fart jokes or whatever to attract their attention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the thing about this is, which is going into our, our main subject, is like, you know, people are complaining about, you know, that new Mega Man series. And the weird thing mm -hmm. is like, we do not have the the right to even bitch because our versions of we 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 lived through two other previous versions of Mega Man in cartoons. One sounded like he was fucking smoking five packs of Newports a day, and yeah, the other like Carmen on five packs of Newports a day. And the other one in the mid in the mid fucking nineties, you know, he sounded right, but the animation was really crap, and also. Uh, for a character that's supposed to have like a boyish design, he had. How does a robot have fucking abs and muscle definition? Exactly. Yeah, they had a tournament's like an action hero design. And again, but like, so people are worried about this new Mega Man that's out. And it's like, motherfucker! It intru it's introducing a new 
it's introducing reintroducing Mega Man to a new generation of youth. Plus, hey, guess what? Those new audience that might like that new show are gonna want to play or experience more Mega Man. Hey, what? Just in time for a new Mega Man game, Mega Man 11. And on top of that, hey, guess what? They had a spin-off series. It's called Mega Man X. That's out now too. And now you can yeah, try that. Collections. So like motherfucker you know for for a corporate standpoint let's not get too corporate but like hey it exposes them to new eyes and guess what just in time so you can experience the games of old and new you know one way or the other and say like and you know and and definitely feed into the new generation like hey you could only be a parent and buzz you know and fucking blow on the cartridges and here here play what i used to play okay play it on the old CR ctrv television like here yeah. Here's the re-release version with HD, you know, fucking visuals. Yeah, nice CRT filters, and you play it on your new modern consoles. Exactly. So, like, how else are we going to have game preservation? It works yeah. if, you you know, you have the copies. But sometimes, hey, guess what? That copy of Mega Man X3 is not worth the three to $400 it has the price tag on. While you can buy an entire collection filled with all eight fucking Mega Man X games for yeah, only 30 bucks. Less than one of those cartridges. Exactly. And, you know, same goes to the original Mega Man series. And what I want to yeah. talk about is the fact that that motherfucker, we thought he was never going to come out from the fucking grave. And out of nowhere, all it took was a failure of a former employee to fucking say, oh, you know what? Let's do it the right way. And guess what? Mm -hmm. Fucking Mega Man is like fucking back. It's it's mid-90s all over again. Exactly. But it's like, that's the whole entire thing that I was also wanted to talk about too. Yeah. It's just simply like, you know... I kind of feel like Mega Man is like a defining game for a generation. Exactly. Like fucking IGN just posted a video and like a documentary series of the impact mm -hmm. of fucking Mega Man. You know, yeah. sure, it's telling me stuff I don't, I already know. But the fact mm -hmm. that, hey, guess what? Only because I know it doesn't mean half the people watching that IGN, you know, YouTube feed doesn't know about it or the history or the significance or the fucking impact of that series alone, you know. So, to, 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 and it brings attention to the to that, and it brings new eyes and new perspectives and new appreciation for people who don't know about the series, who are going to say, hey, people are talking good about this. Maybe I should try this game, or maybe I should try the X series, or hey, guess what? There was an RPG version? Let me try that. Oh, yeah, Legends. You know, let's give Legends some love. You know, but, it, it, you know, it, it, the, the series had enough to cover various grounds like yeah you had yeah. your action platformer and then you had the evolution from 8-bit to 16-bit which added the new which improved on those 8-bits counterparts by saying yeah, hey the presentation and everything you know the air dash the music the background you know the, the mm -hmm. things it could do oh upgrades and hey now let's go into the 3d world yeah it didn't do that well but it still did something it tried and then like hey you know what let's try an rpg let's see where it can go so, hey and it became one of the the two, actually works really well. You know, and, and, and then, you know, and yeah, even the fucking, the Mega Man um, Network Transmission Series, that, uh, Mega Network. the Mega Man Battle Network and all that shit, that was popular too, and hey, yeah. like, like, you know, I know Battle Network was created to kind of like, you know, it was kind of created to cash in on the Pokemon craze, yes, because it's like, yes, collect all the chips and trade them with your buddies, but at the same time, it's like, the gameplay was actually pretty solid in that game. No, but in general, it was a new take on the series. 
And then, yeah. of course, like, hey, let's bring back the traditional, but focus on another character. Hey, we have Zero. Let's put in another <laughs> alternate timeline where you play as Zero. semi-Metroidvania style game with the, with the Zero series. Exactly. And then finally, hey, let's bring it back. But instead of using Zero in the Metroidvania, let's use Mega Man. Hey, let's introduce the Mega Man ZX series. So, like... Yeah. Like, and that's like further in the future and now like they're, they're metals that actually melt with organic material i.e. our bodies <laughs> nano machines <laughs> exactly that is exactly what it is they call them biometals and it's like basically like they fuse onto your skin and they turn you into like the characters they have their essences in them it's like it's like the blurring between man and machine is already like gone they're really? one the same. They, they, they were really going for that Philip K. Dick kind of stuff <laughs> it was kind of like um now, was it kind of film can't take or was it, I forgot what it was like, but it was like definitely like some very hardcore sci-fi shit there. Your dick, my dick, whose dick, it doesn't matter. Someone's dick. I don't know. Either. Everybody, everybody reads Philip K. Dick. Everybody wants, to, everybody wants that D. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but um, I'm actually really glad though because it's like, you know, when I first started playing Mega Man series, like when I first started playing the Mega Man games, it was, I never even owned any. Until, like, after the fact. I used to rent them constantly. Yeah, but it also didn't help that, you know, someone in your neighborhood, someone in your school during lunchtime or break time or at the gym or someone that or a friend that you knew had that Nintendo Power magazine and there was always oh, yeah. one Mega Man game that was shown, like, you know, whatever it was. Be Mega it the Man 3, I remember, hit the cover. Yeah, exactly, and like uh, there was always somebody with a Nintendo Power subscription, be it your friend or someone you knew at school or whatnot in the playground, there was always that one friend that brought the Nintendo Power because apparently his parents were fucking rich enough to afford a fucking magazine subscription, and then he would bust it out and show it to his friends so his friends would know what games to get or like, oh my god, this is coming out too, and it's, mm -hmm. you know, and it was always, there was always a Mega Man feature or a Mega Man something. Yeah, especially the cover with Part 3 and then the future covers, he would always be... Oh, yeah, I think X, I think the original X got on the cover of one of them, right? Yeah, yeah, the original X. And, and yeah, let's not... Some covers of Nintendo Power were great, but some of them were some, like fucking... Yeah, some, some less so, but I do remember like when they were like, you know, those kinds of games that actually made the fun cover and you're like, oh my god, this is like the game. Exactly. the cover feature was always like the coveted spot on Nintendo Power. Exactly. And Mega Man was one of those games along with, you know, Zelda, Castlevania, or Metroid that had one of those covers like, oh my god, what is this? Let me play. Like, oh my god, there's someone, someone made a claymation cover using like figurines and whatnot or you know even a badly painted fucking oh, yeah, the, the backup ones and all that yeah like the very first issue was like you know claymation mario bouncing through the mushroom field with war chasing him yeah and they followed but, uh, on the infamous on the, the castlevania 2 one with a knight in armor with the bloody head of dracula in his hand yeah that was what people were parents boards were freaking like oh my god yeah. it, it promotes decapitation yeah. Fucking I, I remember um, one of the magazine, it wasn't on Nintendo Power, it was called um, Game Players. Never heard of it. That I remember they were featuring, um, what was it, from Winter 1993 Consumer Electronics Show, like the pre the precursor to E3. Mm -hmm. I remember um, Capcom was bringing, like, they, I guess they showed off like a prototype of Mega Man X there. Yeah. But they were going to appear to the US as Super Mega Man, which I'm really glad that they changed the name to just simply Mega Man X. Yeah. I remember my first exposure was, you know, because during that time where video game magazines were like Nintendo Power, Game Pro, and then I slowly discovered um, fucking 
uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly, EGM. Yeah, GM, and, I remember that one too. And right? one of, Everybody and, read EGM back then. Yeah, and this was during the time where fucking Super Street Fighter 2 was being announced for the arcades, and I think they were going to say, oh, it's going to come out for the Super Nintendo too. And one oh, of the yeah. cover feature, one not, not the cover feature, but one of those small little blurbs and like the 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 magazine before you get the before you finish it the last minute editorial pieces oh like the upcomings yeah and one of them was like oh games that are out in Japan now Nintendo Power and and even GamePro would never feature like certain games in Japan oh, yeah I remember I remember that too yeah EGM used to do like a preview of like games in Japan that might come over here that might but the reason Nintendo Power never did it or GamePro never did it because a good chunk of those games never really did come out but one of them you know was Rockman X and I'm like what the hell is Rockman X and then they said like oh you might know Rockman as Mega Man that's how he's done in Japan and this is what they, we don't know if this is an actual new Mega Man game or this is actually Mega Man 10 now were you one of those people that fucking thought Mega Man X was actually Mega Man 10 no I, I knew because you remember like they used to use the Arabic numerals for Mega Man to, num to numerate him on the cover art mm. I knew right away when they saw an X that's not a 10 well, at first, everybody thought it was 10, but it was weird because Mega Man, was it? Mega Man 6 had just come out for the Nintendo, and, yeah. and then Mega Man X just showed up, and then a couple of months after that, we got Mega Man 7. X2, for the, yeah, and then 1985, we got 7. Yeah, so it's like, wait, so did they, did they just fuck up the number system? Like, why did 6 come out for the Nintendo, and then a couple of months later, we got Mega Man X, and then later, a couple of months after that, we got Mega Man 7 for the Super Nintendo. I'm like, wait, did they just fuck up the number, uh, the order? What, what's going on here? Yeah, no, and I was like, you know, I remember seeing, like, Mega Man, yeah, Mega Man 7, and then Mega Man X2 in Toys R Us. I'm like, whoa, what happened here? And then I'm like, you know, then you pick up the cover, and you're like, oh, wait. This is familiar, Mega Man. This is brand new X. I don't remember everybody else too. They always called him Mega Man constantly, and I was like, no, his name is actually supposed to be X. Well, again, if you knew your origins, Zero, yeah. Zero's design, you know, the blonde-headed red robot was originally supposed to be the X the design. Yeah. But then, you know, Capcom said, we need, we want something that looks more traditionally. Yeah, familiarity. And, and then that's why KG Inafune went back to the drawing board and he created X. And then you find out KG Inafune could only draw. He can't really market or even make a toy, uh, a, a game franchise once he left Capcom. So he goes to show yeah. you. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that's the whole entire thing. It's like, he's a good artist and he can lay down, like, a good, decent plot line on paper. But, yeah, he's not, like, full-blown beginning-to-end game designer like that. No, no. And then you realize who the true heroes of the Mega Man series were. With a, every individual man and woman composer designer coder that was responsible for the games kg putting them all together in the end yeah he, he just created the vision everybody else made it happen yeah and, and when you realize like yeah any artist could have gotten that job and probably done a similar job if not even better or at least equally mm -hmm. the same yeah. uh, but you know i remember though i didn't really play the x series up until Mega Man x4 came out for the ps1 because of course, I didn't have a Super NES until, like, after the fact, after they were off the market. Oh, fuck you. I was lucky enough to, like, fucking have a mother that said, oh, you want a Super Nintendo? Okay, Christmas. So, there you go. I got it with Mario and all that stuff. And then, you know, eventually, thank, you know, thank the gods for neighborhood video stores or Blockbuster, where it's like, oh, my God, like, fucking look at every week, every weekend, just trying to hopefully find fucking a copy of Mega Man X available to rent. And then we, we when I finally fucking got... 
me and my brothers were able to fucking rent it, I think, or borrow it from a friend. I forget which one of the two. We fucking played that shit all weekend, trying to find out, like, how to beat the Robot Masters or, like, what patterns to use. But more overall, it's like, oh, my God, what does this game is about? Like, oh, my God, you can stick to walls. Like, you see, like, how you, hard, yeah, like, you can fucking how much, air like, dash. There is, like, how much, like, drive there is in this game. And you're like, whoa, this gets the blood pumping. You can air dash. And then, you know, after you yeah. beat the game, you find out, you find out through a magazine, hey, guess what? If you do it this way, you can unlock the fucking Hadouken from Street Fighter. Like, what? Oh, oh great. Yeah. Now I have and then, to... And it's like, yeah, and then you get it and you're like, boom, one hit kill. Boom, one hit kill. Boom, one hit kill. Exactly. And then part two did the same thing. Like, oh, you can get the Shoryuken. Hey, guess what? It's a one hit kill as well. Like, yeah. oh, God. Okay, aim it, that's right. Yeah, I remember one time, one time that I played Man Man X2, I actually managed to aim one just right. And guess what happened to Sigma? Boop. Oh, oh, when when it came to that, my brother fucking mastered that skill. He would time it so that the minute the boss, whoever it was, was doing a midair jump, he would just do that rising uppercut and, like, fucking one hit, and it would look yeah, glorious. You watch come, yeah, you just watch him come crashing like that, and then boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You know, so, like, it's good to know yeah. that at least Capcom, you know, whether... Yeah, remember us. Yeah, even though it took a while to the point that we all just gave up saying, like, it's never going to happen. No, and- I, I always had a little faith that they would probably do it. And especially considering, you know, you have your moments. I mean, like, yeah, I could have gone to Super Nintendo back in, like, 1995 or so. Mm-hmm. But I decided instead, like, me and my siblings decided instead, we're going to jump a generation or we're going to go straight for the PS1. We got that for Christmas instead. And you worked your way back, <laughs> in a way. Yeah, then we did. You go, because I got a Genesis with some extra Christmas cash I made. I actually got a Genesis the following few months later. And then I remember in 1997 when both Mega Man 8 and X4 came out. And my cousin, he bought Mega Man X4 mm-hmm. and he hated it. Because he's got this thing. He doesn't really know good games that they bit him in the ass. <laughs> so, so he has a copy of Mega Man X4 and he's like, oh, you want to take it? Because I don't like it. I, I don't like 2D <laughs> games. I'm like, well, really? It's a fucking awesome game. Because I'm sitting there and I'm playing it. I'm like, holy shit, I'm loving this shit. <laughs> Especially the presentation when I when they jumped the CD and they took advantage of it, I was fucking like I was on like seventh heaven. I know it, it, with the voice acting that could only fail in comparison to Mega Man Eight. <laughs> I know because it's like you know Capcom just hired you know English speakers that lived in Japan, and I, you know the funny thing though is that like Iris's accent. I know she's like an Australian actress, but it's like it jumps between like Australian, British, and Texan. All in one scene. No, but again, you got to think about it this way. This was still the early ages of hiring, you know, voice actors for video games. I mean, even voice acting for anime at some time at the time wasn't even that perfected until maybe the late '90s. So, video game voice acting was a little bit later. You know what I mean? But I mean, like you know, I did like Mega Man X4 for its presentation, though, because it's like you know, it actually had like a deep, serious story in a sort of sense, especially like. You know, you feel like the stakes being raised, like when Zero has to fight Iris, and you're like, oh my god. And the music is like so tragic, and it's like such a painful battle to do. And also, they're responsible for one of the best memes out there at that yeah. time. Before we. <laughs> you know, it was one of the memes before we started naming them memes, before we gave them names. Oh god. And, and also, I love the other. Well, Mega Man 8 also had a couple of moments too, especially that. You know, Dr. Light's uh, Elmer Fudd voice. Dr. Wiley? I'm like, they, they didn't even, like, re-record that he did a stumble in the middle of the damn, 
you know, perform in the middle of the damn line reading. Hey, we gotta get this shit out before this date. I don't care. Just throw, I just know. say whatever you want. Like, what was it like? Mega Man Inc. came out in Japan like December of '96, and it came out over here like three or four months later. Yeah, so they just said, "Hey, uh, uh, hey, you know English? Okay, come on in, record these lines, and, and collect your check, and get the yeah, fuck out." Cut, clean it, boom. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but you know, it's good to know that you know that has a resurgence. It's you know that's the only thing that I always kind of liked Capcom for in a, in a way because you know as much as they they put us through some bullshit at the time. Right now, they're at least trying to win back everyone that they lost. Unlike yeah. Konami, which they can give a shit less about their fans. Yeah, because they're, yeah, they're just all sitting up there around the table and just going, eh, giving us all the bird. And even then, like, you don't even, like, you can tell when a company, when someone is trying. Capcom, it's showing that they're trying. Even if they yeah. fail, they're trying at least. Unlike, mm -hmm. you know, like, look, we got a new Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 5. It's completely, you know... And we, we're getting, you know, they're finally doing what they're supposed to have done with Street Fighter V. You know, we get in the Street Fighter collection. We got the Mega Man collection. We got a new Mega Man 11 coming out at almost like in about the next month. And then, uh, yeah. and then apparently... Which I do want to get. And again, I do want to get Mega Man 11. And again, we're going to have a new X game coming out too. Because apparently from the rumors and from... Apparently there's a secret in the Mega Man X collection that you need to unlock during the boss trial mode that is still unlockable they haven't they haven't found out how to unlock it but from the looks of it there there's there's a teaser or something hidden it might in, be an x9 then exactly so you know what that's fine there you go and you know what it doesn't all it takes because and here guess what the only reason we got mega man 11 was because of the sales and the support from the fan base buying those copies from the multiple platforms yeah. for the Mega Man X, the Mega Man Collection One and Two. Yeah, the Legacy Collections. It's because of the fan support and love that that made Capcom decide. You know what? We let's release a new one. You know, and you know what? And with that came the interest. Hey, why don't we put the X series out? Uh, the whole series. And guess what? Mm -hmm. That's right now, from what I saw, it's already becoming one of the fastest selling fucking Mega Man X titles out there right now. So if that's any indication to how people love Mega Man, we're going to get a new Mega Man X game, Mega Man X9. And guess what? Yeah. In time, we might mm -hmm. get Mega Man Legends 3. I hope so. Because I know that Capcom is sitting on the assets for that game. I sincerely hope they just get you take them out, they polish them off finally, they put the whole damn thing out there and just boom. I want to see Mega Man get off of Elysium. <laughs> but, you know, till then, we know yeah. we have enough stuff to keep us stuff. And it's fun mm -hmm. to know that, you know, you know, at least they're trying. Whether they yeah. succeed or fail, I they're trying with mm -hmm. every franchise they have. Instead of just, you know, milking Street Fighter forever. They're like, you know what, yeah, let's no, give see, some... How long can you do that for? Let's give... I mean... Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was going to say, my thing for Mega Man X9, and I'm really hoping that they do this, is because you know how Mega Man X5 was originally supposed to be the canonical ending of the series, right? Yeah. So, if they want to do, like, a nice way of tying it together to put it into the Zero series, the Elf Wars, and we find out that Zero is not who we, who we think he is. Gee, we had that inkling since Mega Man X4. What, what haven't you told me already that everybody, no, no, no. Well, everybody Mega Man else X5, fucking knows? He is gone and dead. We'll put it at that. He disappeared, he's gone, he's dead. I was going to say that at Mega Man X6, when he comes back and they don't explain it properly, I want to think that somebody else over, something else is occupying that body. 
Well, I guess in time we'll find out. But, you know, till then we'll have a chance to play all the games and come to our own conclusions by then. And more importantly, fuck Konami. Fuck the toxic fan bases that are affecting literally everything, making everything not fun. And but more thank you, Capcom, for actually giving a fucking damn. Yeah, and fuck Konami. Fuck Konami. Mm-hmm. Fuck Konami. But if yep. people want to contact you and find out how else they can fuck Konami, how can they do that? <laughs> Okay, find me on the Facebook group, or find me on Twitter at Lambda Calculus. That's L-E-M-B-D-A-C-A-L-C-U-L-U-S. Or follow our official Twitter at Enroadtripcast, or check out our website at NostalgiaRoadTrip.com. And if you like what to, if you like listening to old two old men screaming at the clouds, you know, please consider you know supporting our Patreon over at Patreon.com/NostalgiaRoadTrip. Any couple <laughs> of bucks, hey, you get access to fucking video movie commentary. You get access to free downloadable soundtracks to video game, television show, and even maybe some anime soundtracks as well. And also mm-hmm. just, you know, access and early access and exclusive access to like maybe uh, certain uh, videos like the Retro VGM Revival Hour and even some, you know, early takes on the Saturday morning breakfast mix, breakfast mix mm-hmm. videos we have planned down the line. But till then, this is Edgar Velasco saying thank you so much. And I'll see you next time. Robert, goodbye. Take care and peace out for everlasting peace. Someone needs me I don't know how or where But believe me I walk the universe To find her For better or for worse Beside her For the honor of love By the power above I have the power Truth of love will always guide 